The Weekly Dish Podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. And we had your questions. There's one more question that came in that I forgot to talk about. Um, it was, uh, her question was, she made frozen, she made split pea soup with ham that had been frozen. And she wanted to know if she could refreeze it because you then were in effect freezing the ham twice. And yeah. the answer was yes. Of freeze course. away. Freeze away. Um, I'm going to open it up to anybody too. I have a lot of ham, like four hams. <laughs> I don't know what to I'll do with all ham. these hams. So if anybody has ideas of recipes or things I should Did be you, making with ham, I'm down to please. one ham because I have, I have we have eaten so much of the ham. What are you We're doing talking about the, the Nettle Valley Farms. Yeah, our half hog share, and I did bring pork chops with me on the boat. Oh, we good packed for you. them, and it was great to have. So I think for the ham, you just do well. I mean, we just you know we are hacked, you just slicing it off. We hacked and, it off and just made sam- we had a big buffet of sandwiches. I mean, I getting this right before the holidays was genius because yeah. I basically took out a ham over Christmas, and you know we kind of like hacked away at it, and I gave it I gave the rest of it to my kids, and they made soup with it, and then I had um, a big sandwich spread one day and i put roast beef and i hacked off a bunch of the ham and i just put rolls out and mustards and sauces and people just made their own little sandwiches I see because you have all these people i know well, that you're was doing that. lots of things with people but so because i know that i'm having it now i'm putting it like i'm just shredding off little bits of it and using it in um like mac and cheese and i put some ham i did in make the a mac, ham and cheese. mac and cheese it's it was like good if you're having because this is a thick ham and you can cut it to, it's not slices of Into like cubes. jelly. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with it. So like you, anytime you use bacon, you could sub it with that ham. Okay, so and, hunks. Yeah, so okay. like you could make, and you know, we've been doing it, I've been putting it into uh, into soup, split pea soup, but even like a white bean. Yeah. My favorite thing was we did this white, you know, I do these skillet white bean things where I'm just cooking down, you know, you cook a bunch of meat and veg and then you add a big couple cans of, beans and you just kind of let it simmer down and it's almost like a porridge yep and i put a lot of ham in that and then i put two poached eggs on top yum that sounds delicious there you go all right so ham 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 uh it is time for the top two an hour two yeah give me the old one two one two and now the weekly dish presents top two top two the top two pick your best two in our two all right give me two winning winning all right. Stephanie, you want to get us started? Sure, 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 sure. I'm just replying to Stacey. Um, so let's see. What is my first one? Well, I'm just going to tell you this. Uh, I am doing a little bit of celebrating tonight for the Chinese New Year. And it's mostly an excuse just because I want to make dumplings. And this all started because, so let me back it out to the fact that I am trying to, one of my, you know, kind of resets for the year is kind of going through more things that I don't need in my house and getting rid of them. Okay, I like it. And I found in my garage. Condoing. Yeah, but not really because I am you wouldn't call way it that. more, <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not about the joy of something. Like, I'm really more about 
like, okay, I could use this again or I'm never going to use this again. Right. But, um, so I found my old steamer basket, my old bamboo steamer basket in my garage and I haven't used it in obviously two years since I moved into this house. And I found this beautiful steamer basket and I was like, I need to steam some dumplings. And so it happens to be where it's Chinese New Year today. I'm going to do some dumplings. Um, but the bigger thing is that I bought a new wok pan for it. Okay. And I'm going to say that I had a wok, which is like I had the double sided wok that sits on top of the thing. Yep. And that was like two handles on the side. And that's the traditional, I mean, like that's the old school way. There is a great carbon steel wok pan on Amazon and it's from, there's a couple of them on there, but you want the carbon steel one that has been hand hammered out and it has a handle on it. Cool. And so it has a handle on one side and it's got a nice lip on the other. And then you can, you can flip it around and do whatever you want with it. And it's, I'm excited. That is at my house right now. As All we right. got here. So cool. I love a good wok pan. So it's forty nine bucks or it's like fifty bucks at on Amazon. And I know that you can also buy them at like the Hmong Village and everything else. I wanted one from China and I wanted one to know that it was hand hammered the steel was. Okay. Because it's a carbon steel that you're looking for. I like it. Uh okay. So I have like three. <laughs> well, um, I have more. Okay. Well, so this, we have to hurry up. We'll top to an hour two off. Okay. Okay. First one, yeah, the recipe for painkillers. Okay. I went to the Soggy Dollar at Joost Van Dyke where you sit and you drink. You First of all, I have to get out of your dinghy, which takes some Herculean effort you without getting dinghy. washed into the waves. And then you get your drink, which is pineapple cream, rum, uh, a lot of rum, and then um, nutmeg. So I put the recipe on my website. If you're feeling very January-ish, and why wouldn't you? Because yeah. There's a lot of snow. Yeah. I want you to make painkillers. I put the recipe up. They're delicious. It'll make you feel. It's like it's like summer in a glass is what it is. It's like sitting and just enjoying life. Is it dark rum or is it light rum in your mind? You can use both. Okay. I use, I actually like use light rum and then I use a dark <laughs> rum float if you really want to be honest. Okay. And I would order it that way. Okay. Um, But then at four o'clock when you've had like four of these. Yeah. You're way into it. And then you watch all the drunk people leaving the beach trying to get back into their dinghies. Dinghies. You Hilarious. Dinghies again. Uh, so, okay. So the painkiller recipe. That's number one. Number two. Quickly. Uh, face foundry collagen spray. This goes along with if you're feeling the Januaries. Yeah. There's face foundry are two women locally and they have teamed up with this German doctor and this collagen spray restores. I'm going to spray some on my face and give you it. <laughs> Stephanie, I've been spraying this on my face every day. It's crazy. Okay. It is so refreshing and hydrating. It's made of what? A collagen. It's going to make you put it on your face. More. No, it feels so good. Mike Brown is with us from Travail. He's going to put, put some the collagen spray uh, on. How many? Five spritzes? Just a couple, yeah. Like, it's going to make... I mean, it feels so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that refreshing? It really is, actually. It's yeah. kind of like... A, but Don't it, you feel refreshed, though? It's very know. hydrating. Who needs coffee when you have that? But I feel like then your face is going to dry out from it, too. No, it's very hydrating. No. Okay. Face Foundry. Okay. All right. I have to talk about uh, something that is happening at Fair State Brewing. And our friend Katie Kalen is there. Uh, she, okay, so they are doing this really cool thing called, um, it's 
called, I just was going to get around, Journeys and Side Quests. Okay. And so what they're doing, it's a subscription. It's a beer subscription. And it's kind of like the idea that, it's like a CSA almost. Yeah. But so the cats over there, you know, Nico and uh, those guys, the brewers at Fair State, you know they probably are the most creative brewers in town. They are just like beer savants. Yep. And what they're doing with the subscription is you pay, so it's like 300 bucks if you want to pay ahead. And then for the rest of the year, you get access to these very, very special releases. And these are the experimental releases. These are the fun stuff that they are just like collaborations that are not common. And, you know, they're doing all sorts of really crazy epic beers. And you get, you know, these big bombers of them. Cool. And you get special release stuff. So it may sound like a lot, $300 right now. But if you think about it, 10 bottles, that's a $30 a bottle. That's people buy wine and beer for yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So the big thing with that I want you to know is that today you can go to the brewery, which is on Central Avenue, and they are sampling some of those experimental beers. So you can kind of get a preview of what it's like and what the beers are like, and you can talk them up and you can learn about it. But it's, I mean, like, that's one of those things that you, uh, that is a unique taste of the Twin Cities beer scene that you can't get anywhere else, and you only have until January 31st, and then they lock you out. Okay, so you ha- this is a limited time offer. Go today, get some free sips of beer that are very very cool, and um and then you know sign up, sign up, yeah. sign up, sign just up. do the thing. All right, one last thing is I came home, I had a dinner party, my friend's dad died, and she was feeling kind of sad. So, in the spirit of twenty twenty dinner party goals, I was like, come on over, like we'll just make a dinner party. Yeah. And I made, uh, I gave Kurt the cookbook and said, pick something out of here we should cook. Gave me Oliver's five ingredients. It was just a sheet pan of chicken with harissa rubbed on it with peppers. And then at the end of cooking it, we just hit it with a bunch of chopped up mint. Yeah. And then we made some saffron rice and he made this like little yogurt dressing and we served it in a giant platter on the table. It was fantastic. Like it was just, it was so Allison Roman, you know, this idea of, don't make it fancy. You just want to spend time with your friends who are going through a hard time. So invite them over. And so I'm going to share the recipe. It was so good. Nice. So lovely. I and like it. Very tasty. Very tasty. Okay. All right. Um, I'm just going to say one more thing. Was that the dumplings or the buns that I wanted to get in there? Um, I wanted to remind you guys that Yia Vang's mom posted, they posted a video of making his family's like, the little like buns, the big dumpling. That yeah, the she big makes. ones yeah. that she makes, and those I'm gonna try to make those tonight. I don't know. I'm, I have a couple different versions that I'm trying to decide what to do with. Where's the video? Will you post it? No, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, oh. <laughs> I thought you meant useless. my video. You're useless. useless. Yes, I I think we posted it before, but I'll repost it again. Yeah, just so that it's handy for Hopi. She'll get it up for you. Okay. All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, that sound, that voice, that. Very manly baritone of Mike Brown now that he's sprayed his collagen face. My face is alive. (laughs) And Nathaniel Smith from Travail. We're going to come back and hear about uh, Travail 3.0. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are here in studio being joined by the Travailians. Uh, We have some of the Travailians. We have Mike Brown and Nathaniel Smith in with us. Hey, gang. Hey there. And we've just said, don't swear. Yep. I was like giving him the, we have, no, we had no, Jack no. Rabel swear once. Well, and yep. Mike was here. I was here he when was it happened. Here. I really and thought it was going to be Mike. And everybody had their money bet on me. Oh, yeah, 100%. It would like, be yeah, the swear. Mike, yeah. what happens? Is there a, a sound or a button? You, it's or? a $250,000 fine. Oh, man. That goes right to you. It's going to really bankrupt your show. Yeah, it is. <laughs> 
Yes. So we do. So we do. Anyway, this happens with restaurant people, right? I mean, we're all kind of loose and in the game, and that's the fun stuff. But um, we basically are so excited to have you guys in studio because. I mean, my God, you guys, I think you guys have been the busiest restaurant tours of the last year for sure. Yeah. And maybe the last, <laughs> maybe the last 10 years. They needed years. the college and spray. Yeah. But maybe yeah. the last 10 years, because quite honestly, I mean, the fact that Travail started in 2010 in Robbinsdale in this teeny tiny little diner, can you even stand that? I mean, uh, yeah. 10 years, dude. It has been 10 years. Yeah. Um, my hairline shows it for sure. <laughs> uh, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a long journey, and uh, we've we've gone through many different you know versions of iterations ourselves. of yeah. yourselves. So, that's for sure. And this is this this is this like final you know version that we've kind of chosen to take. So just to frame it up, so in 2010, you guys opened this in this uh, little kind of a former diner. You know, the yeah. first Travail was this it, cute it little place. It was, it a, was diner. a diner. It was Tallulah's Diner. Tallulah's, that's and what it was. It was uh, having a tough time and. Literally knew a guy from my hometown who owned the building, who I was got in contact with, and he was uh, basically like, "Yeah, if you want to talk to this owner, maybe he would, you know, maybe you guys could make a deal." And um, he literally, that guy talked to like my football coach. Oh yeah, like that's how what that kind works. of a guy is Mike Brown? Yeah, you got to you got to vet and vouch for him, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the shout out to Darwin Bustleman who, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? He, he's put in a good word and allowed us to, to sign a lease there. We worked out a, a really small time deal and we opened that restaurant with like $75,000 just, just bootstrapped it and got it open. It was, I think there was two grand in the bank account when we opened, but we had food in the coolers, coolers and, and you wine. had people on the yep. line. And, and that yep. was the thing is that you guys, so you kind of worked this space and you were doing innovative things in terms of that was, you know, the first time the chefs were in the kitchen and then would bring the food out to you. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the way the concept started. We really didn't have, um, many options. No, like I, I can't pay <laughs> you know, 15 people to run this restaurant with me. I have to run this. Re- James, yeah. Bob, and myself have to run this restaurant. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think we had uh, uh, three other people. It was like Jeff Houseman, Maddie, yep. and Willie. Yeah. And Kale. And Kale. At, right. at Minnesota Barbecue. But he, yeah. uh, basically, we, you know, and Maddie was like fresh off being an intern. Oh, gosh. So, and she's a chef de cuisine now. Yeah. So, like, it's. She's the bomb. Yeah, 10 years later, right? Right. So, um, can't but that's how it started. There was just no other option other than to I'm gonna we're gonna cook everything, and serve everything to you know everyone and and make sure that everybody has the best experience possible so that they come back. Right. I right. mean, I, I was out on the street like, come in here, like yeah. telling people, just come in. I'll give you a couple of free bites and we'll do. I'll, I'll give you a free dish. I was just like, we were all just kind of like making yeah. sure as many people could get in there as possible. But it, it it you know eventually got some press and we we you know became busy. Uh, you know. The funny thing is, is like you guys, and then you were, you know, like you got named, you know, by I think Bon Appetit is one yep. of the best new restaurants and stuff. And then you were like, okay, now we're going to shut this down and we're going to move down the street. Mm-hmm. And you decided that you were going to build a whole new place. And yeah. so Travail 2.0 yep. became where you guys kind of built it from the ground up. Yep. And, and that was that was a that was a thing that was like it was, 2014, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like 2014 is when we opened. Yeah. Um, that decision was all driven by uh, owning, wanting to own the property, right? So. Um, and the landlord there, he was like, I wasn't ready to sell. So we, we ended up putting Pig and My Pizza in that space and mm-hmm. keeping the space. Yeah. Because we had kind of caught lightning in a bottle in that space. We yep. felt good about it. And then, um, and we always wanted to open a pizza restaurant. Right. So why not? Was, yeah. Uh, why do people, is are the margins really good in pizza? I mean, they're better. Um, it depends on, 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 
how you run it. A pizzeria is not the margins aren't as good. Yeah, you know, um, because you know the, the the takeout pizza restaurants is just there's three people. Yeah, you know, working right. So, um, once your labor starts to go up, when you know in service and such, it and your to, fancy it starts to become more of a restaurant. But, yeah, um, margins in restaurants aren't very good. Regardless. No, <laughs> is it? I've heard it's like three to six percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. that that's success. Yeah, that's uh, uh, just yeah. Being being in the positive is a, is a successful story, yeah. and people. <laughs> so you you're know. just saying being in the positive. You're not even going out on a limb at three percent. Well, I mean, three percent is like the a pretty slim margin of being in the positive. You have like three bad months. That three percent is gone. It's gone. It's yeah, not, I mean, it's a <clears throat> it's kind of a very close ebb and flow type of uh, industry. But um, you know, it's all about systems, and it's all about you know the people that work for you and trying to trying to like produce as much as you possibly can to make as many people come to your restaurant. It's about volume. It's about bringing in revenue and bringing in, you know, um, more and more people every single day. And, you know, I think so, I'm going to give you a weird backhanded compliment. So just bear with me one second. All right. You, the first time I came to know you and then coming to eat at the restaurant, it, it's it. You guys are such innovators and you're doing so many cool things and you are, managing that guest experience in a way like it feels like a food circus but it's way more orchestrated than that and you make it seem so seamless well thank you i mean and honestly that that's a i love the com i love it it's just one of those things where the we're trying to create something that um is, is like a an experience that you'd have if you went to somebody's house or something like that right it's we're trying to curate something that feels good to us so and I it's think- not just like craziness, it's craziness that's thoughtful, that's well executed, mm-hmm. that makes you smile. Like when you're done with the experience, whatever the experience is that you're having, yeah. you're like, wow, that was just so like weirdly cool. Yeah, it, it, I love it when people would say things like, well, like what happened? Well, what just, yeah, happened? What yeah. just happened? You know, and I, I think that that's one of those things where it, it's, it, it's just pulling, pulling them away from the idea of they're at dinner. At a restaurant. You know. Well, and so the second travail, you guys designed completely yourselves, and it was it was like that awesome chaos, right? I mean, yeah. like it, that's kind of the way I always thought about it was it was a riotous fun, yeah. and it was open kitchen and big long tables, but then there was also screens and loud music, and then there was different parts, and you could be at this counter, or this counter, or you could be at the full thing. You could be. We had dinner in the furry hot tub, you yeah. know, seating, which was, I mean, that was an awesome experience, <laughs> and it was all. I mean, it was just like this joyride, and that's a lot of what you said. And then, but I want to get because I really do want to talk about the new space yeah. because what you know going from there and seeing and having your success and feeling that and moving it as you did to make it fit how you needed it to, but then seeing the vision of the future. Right. So tell us a little bit about why 3.0 is like it is. Well, yeah, well, 2.0 was like a workshop. Yeah. I felt like it was like we built ourselves a workshop to try to take ourselves to the next level. And each one of these moves has always been to try to take the food and the experience to the next level. Yeah. Um, and um, those workshop years is like five, six years of, yeah. uh, of kind of building what we know is like our cuisine and trying to really find our identity. Um, and then after about five years, we, we were, <clears throat> we, we owned the building across the street and we were trying to put pig and my pizza in it so that we would have our businesses in our own buildings. And it turned out the building was just not good enough to do anything in. Really? It was a 120 year old building, foundational problems. It was blighted. It was in a TIF district. It was just all these different things that we could, used to like get some help to like 
change it, but then eventually we ended up talking to you know the bank and the city, and we we're like, all right, what if we were to knock this building down and build new? And initially we we're like, well, if we were to do that for Pig, how would we do this brewery element that we want to put in there? And then uh, it just switched over really quickly. We we're like, you know what? If we're going to build new, we need to build new for Travail because it would be uh, it would be a, a pretty sweet undertaking to to actually design the next level of what we want to do. So that's what 3.0 is. It's it's uh it's kind of a full circle. Like we all started in fine dining. We are all kind of from that era of, you know, Thomas Keller's m- massive influence on the on the world of food, and everybody reading his book and, and following it like it's a Bible. And working for people that have worked for him is like a it's a thing. It's yeah. a thing. It's, it's like a, you have to do that in to order to be it. in order to be in there. So. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we're gonna continue with the. Hi, it's Stephanie Hansen, and I know you don't have time to read all of the labels on everything you buy, but when you shop Lakewind's Co-op, you can shop with confidence knowing that they offer high-quality food from farms and businesses that pay fair wages and grow food in ways that are good for the planet. Each department at Lakewind's has product standards. So in the produce department, it's 95% organic and, of course, as local as they can get when it's not winter. In the meat department, the meat buyer actually visits the farms, including Peterson Craftsman Meats, Pastures of plenty for pork and they verify that the animals are grazed in pastures seasonally and that they're humanely raised and in the grocery department there's no artificial flavors colors preservatives no high fructose corn syrup and no hydrogenated oils no membership is required to shop at lake winds everyone is welcome to shop at the co-op and if you don't live or work near a lake winds find the co-op near you that you can love as much as i love lake winds or you can always shop on instacart lake winds is in minnetonka chanhassen and richfield Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are continuing our chat with the Travail guys who are sitting in studio. We have Mike Brown and Nathaniel Smith. Okay, part of the new, and I did post on the Facebook page the sneak peek we did and we walked through the space and we learned all about it and there's so many cool little tricks and trades and happenings there. But one of the things that you are doing for the first time really for Travail is like a dedicated bar area kind of space, right? Let's talk a little bit about that because Nathaniel is the man in charge of this area. Are we calling it a speakeasy? Are we not? Can we call it basement bar? We have basement bar is what we've been calling it. Okay, because so. I'm just I'm I'm over the word speakeasy. I'll just yeah, be with it's you. it's not a speakeasy. There's not any. It's password. not a hidden There's, panel and be taking reservations. Yeah, like I don't know any speakeasies where you like reserve knocking on the door. <laughs> I would like to stand at 1025. There might be a password asked, but it's just a joke. What okay. You say? I can see that. I can see that. So t- let's talk a little bit about the bar downstairs in the basement. So it's pretty. It's very It's very different from the upstairs. It's dark. Yeah. It's lovely. What's What's like the idea behind it? What's like the theme? Um, uh, cocktail playground. Yeah. Was <laughs> <laughs> the was the, uh, the idea? Um, we wanted something to feel comfortable. Yeah. For people to 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 want to sit down and just keep and keep trying different cocktails and then uh you know we started working with nathaniel about nine months ago we 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 started our bar program six years ago and there's some old staples like the ron burgundy or the john Paconnery or Mm -hmm. the pink drink or whatever that a lot of people still connect with but um that that level of cocktail making has been taken to another level (laughs) um especially once uh I think it was homage that you came on. Yeah, basically, I I was sitting at Umami, the pop up space uh, at residency, oh, and like forever ago. I know, doesn't it? Just kind of chatting with Bob, and at the time, I was working for an Irish whiskey company, and basically, we just kind of started talking about pop ups. And a friend of mine uh, who 
owns Bar Luchador. We used to know each other because I have an art background. I was doing an art gallery, and he was doing a lot of music. And mm-hmm. basically, like for the last since we've both been dedicating ourselves to food and drink, uh, pop ups is kind of like our medium now. Yeah, and we we're talking about what would we do is like a a protest pop up or like a <laughs> controversial pop up, and all these things. So I just said to Mike, like, let's just do a pop up together. That's what you guys do. That's what I do. And so we started working on uh, '90s drinks for homage for Doug Flicker's Oraga. Right. Um, and then from there, it just kind of has been what now five five menus. Yeah, yeah. you guys have gone three for- restaurants. Yeah. Um, but the the basement bar is really kind of going to be the the culmination of all of that. Um, internally, the the theme is kind of science and art. We have a lot of equipment that basically no one else in Minnesota has. Cool. Um, a lot of stuff that when I did a long-term stage at the Aviary in Chicago, which is Grant Atkins's molecular gastronomy cocktail place, stuff that like basically most cities don't have any bars that have the technology and the tools that we have. But the more important part is kind of the art aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So we have all on the back of the bar where, where our guests are sitting um, by the banquettes, there's a bunch of wood shelves. And basically every single section of that has an area that will have trinkets, books, laboratory equipment, specific liquor bottles, and bits of stories and pictures of each of the cocktails. So there's 12 cocktails in the opening menu. Each panel has all of these kind of visual throwbacks to that specific drink. So while you're drinking it, and there might be a show, and there might be all of this stuff that you don't really have to know how much work went into it, there's going to be all of these visual elements that are going to be stimulating in a backstory and concept behind it as well give us like an example of one of your favorites from this menu so uh there's one it's going to be called the uh bentley cocktail and it is nolet's reserve which is the world's most expensive gin uh the nolet family in holland has been making spirits for 10 generations so basically one of the oldest companies in the world like continuously running in one of the oldest distilleries and their father created this very exclusive gin. They only make 400 bottles a year, $700 a bottle. Supposedly Tiger Woods is like a standing order of 75 of them. Of course he does. And so we actually have several bottles of it and we're turning it into a cocktail with uh, pyrolyzed St. Germain and then Kopi Luwak, which is the world's most expensive coffee, turning that into bitters. And then there's kind of like a, a seafoam air and it's getting served in these beautiful, like gold, gold chalices, vintage, <gasps> um, Venus de Milo stemmed cups. Yeah. And it's called a Bentley because the top of the bottle, which is coated in 24 karat gold, actually has, it's the stick shift from the a owner's Bentley. Bentley. Get out. It's, yeah, it's, it's about like, it's like wing three spirit pounds. Spirit yeah. But it's going to be a $100 cocktail. And <laughs> Wait, you guys are going to charge 100 bucks for it? It's $100 because it's, it's literally a $700 bottle. Now listen, so. this does not reflect the whole menu. Okay, can we have another low for the high? That one? I mean, that is beautiful and obviously yeah. something that is an experience that you're trying, that is, you know, if it's $700 gin or whatever, you know, then... And, yeah. and it's about the experience. I don't think people are going to come in and have four of them. No. I mean, what a lifestyle. They're going to have one and share it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of the, like in the age of Instagram where we want people not only feeling comfortable to share things and be excited about what we're doing. There's another cocktail called Sweet Memes are made of these. And (laughs) it's, we have an edible printer and we're printing out family friendly, for the lack of a better word, uh, memes that are going to float on top of a Irish whiskey, ginger, egg white sour. 
we don't use egg whites. We use aquafaba, aquafaba. which is chickpea. But uh, yeah. basically, that's that's what it is. But it actually has a lot to do with Irish whiskey and the history of Irish whiskey and how basically it, uh, like in a Richard Dawkins sense of like memes and the passage of technology, it mm-hmm. has a lot more to do with that of uh, Arab medicine people figuring out how to distill things from perfumes, which then gets to monks in Ireland, which then, of course, they throw beer into it, which is the first whiskey ever. So there, there is a lot <laughs> okay. going on, it's, but at the same time, I just this finished. cocktail's in the 12 to $14 <laughs> That's range. That's right. It is, right. It is something that I want someone not to have to know all of that. I want them to take a picture and have fun and enjoy a ginger right. cocktail. But if they want to know more, here's a bunch of things so is that, on the wall. Are you going to be able to have that discussion? You know what I yeah. mean? Or are, will they... Think are, about how well that that correlates to what we do at Treville. Totally like how, does. How, like a match made in heaven when it comes to like when you hire <laughs> I know, people I, into your group and you're like, wow, this is... This I told is, her. This I was is like, exactly this was, how we develop food. Yeah. And to you have two a found each other program at the right that time. is like completely parallel to what we're doing with the food because the same thing, you know, you've heard me talk about food. Yeah. I could take a course and... <clears throat> drive all these different points into into it yeah. uh, and say like, you know, like this is listen to all these different layers that are involved with this because it maybe took like five different renditions of what it actually is now. Mm-hmm. And the discovery is the story. Right? Yes. Have and you guys, this is it's so funny because I just finished reading this book, just kids about Patty Smith and Robert Maplethorpe oh, yeah. and their relationship. Yeah. And what <clears throat> struck me about, it is no matter they created art they created art in lots of ways photography music poetry necklaces i mean just all kinds of stuff and listening to the two of you talk it's like you a are uniquely suited and your Mm -hmm. whole group it's it's like you're making art out of food it feels that way i feel i used to do i was i was a studio i was a studio art major in college too and the feelings that i got from um, spending hours and hours and hours in the studio doing different mediums of art, the the satisfaction of certain outcomes of different things that you're working on, it's the same feeling that again, yeah. when, it, when a dish feels like it's there. Well, and the thing that you guys, I think, have done best uh, in town is the fact that you have taken not only, here's the deal, because food is different. Food isn't Food isn't art on a wall. Food isn't, you know, something that you observe. It's something that you're Yes. <laughs> and the thing you've done the best is it is mm. you've defined experiential through this medium completely better than anybody in that you still get to enjoy it in the way that you're traditionally used to it. So it provides you with a sense of comfort and familiarity. But then you blow your people's minds and you expand their and it's an active expansion There's that, of thought. Uh, so improv, there's a and then and yes and and, it, and that's yeah. that's how that's the one thing I'm trying to uh, instill in everyone that's in the bar program is all right. You came up with a, a an idea for a drink. You made the drink. We looked at it. We tried it. We maybe tinkered with the the build on it. And then what? Yeah. What kind of glass? Uh, do we really want it in that glass? Mm-hmm. What about the color? Yeah. What about the aroma? What about the presentation? What does it taste like ten minutes from now? What does it taste like with food? How do someone hold it? Is holding it important? Is smelling it important? Does the aroma go away? It's a, and then and then and then until you have something that is really different than anywhere, at least in town. There's a lot of bars I've had the pleasure to travel around, especially like in London, where drinking is a very serious thing. Where I didn't know that you had to have reservations to go to every single bar, so we were just walking around <laughs> hoping then, you could get in. Yeah. We didn't yeah. even know, and also we found out, and we're just like, "Oh, you can't just go here." And they're like. <laughs> Of course not. And I'm like, I don't know. This is you're like, why would I know that? Chap? Yeah. I we know. also got to go I mean, to like the Savoy Bar yeah. at Harry's American Bar. Four of us walked in. 
from all around America, and we're like, hey, we just want to have a seat at the bar. And they're like, yeah, there's only seven bar seats, and you all four want to go? Yeah. That's booked like nine months out ahead. And, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they ended up being like, come along. Oh. And fit us in for like a martini, which is like. All you want in life ever. from yeah. there, by the way. Yeah. I mean, at the at this at this new basement bar, we'll, we'll have the, there's 10 bar seats. Those will always be open to the public, and then we'll be taking reservations for some of the little spots that are in there. There's, there's will you be 30. doing ticketed for the restaurant too or what will the, the reservation be, the restaurant be will like? still be ticketed the same way that we've always done it. Okay. Um, there'll be a couple different experiences and that'll have different lengths and time and different, you know, things that are going on. The building itself is three levels. So there's three different areas, like the, the top being an inside and outside rooftop patio. So it's pretty exciting, especially once Super we get exciting. into springtime and we get to just hang out outside. And the green wall that's going to happen <laughs> with the hops. I cannot wait for that. All right, so there, here's the big news that we kind of threw out on the blogs yesterday was yeah. that the basement bar is going to open first. Yes. And it's going to open on February 19th. That is right. And so what we want you guys to understand is that you will have an opportunity to go and see the basement bar and yep. kind of check it out while the rest of the stuff is still in process. And what you are, and we're gonna you're going to send out information in the beginning week of february about yeah. possible reservations we're gonna do reservations in the beginning week of february and we'll you know get on travail's email list we only throw an email we throw an email like once or twice a month yeah but it just lets people know like we're releasing tickets yeah. we're releasing reservations it's for a you guys good thing to get on out, so. and this bar will be wednesday through saturday yep. the normal hours of the bar going forward will be wednesday through saturday 6 30 to midnight yep. and that you will be able to get your own there is a special a la carte menu down there that's not the same as everything else right there's a piano down there there's a piano yeah in the bar. I know. Please know this. All right. We have to take a break. Thank you guys for being here. We're so excited. And uh, we'll be Always right back. Love being here. Thanks. See you Weekly Dish. Hello and welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Hello. You are so... <laughs> Whenever you come in, Hello. you guys don't understand. We are having conversations between in normal voice and just chatter. And she always puts the mic on and goes, Hello. Hello. She's way up here. <laughs> Anyway, this is what 13 years of work marriage this does. This is the sisterhood right here. I just here. tell you, sister from another mister. That was a, that was a really intense, right. fascinating 24 minutes of radio. I know. And, and, and I got to be honest, you guys, I, I obviously I, I hang out with these guys sometimes and we have these long sessions where I get to really understand what, and it takes that. But that's also, I wanted to give you a snippet of it and I hope it did. The, just the really the difference. Nobody is cooking like them in town. No one is making drinks like them in town. Nobody is doing that level of prior thought and work and innovation. I'm not saying I shouldn't say nobody, but it's definitely a rare, rare thing. I think to be fair too, the experience that you have at Travail is like going to a gallery, a museum. Yes. It is like a circus. It is an entertainment show. It is it is like a full-bodied experience that yeah. is just more than eating food. It and is. not all great food right. is that experience at all. No, no, no. Exactly. This is just a new, f- another faction. Yeah. And it's like, I still am going to go hork down a really great burger at Bullshorn or eat some great chicken wings somewhere else. And I think those are just as satisfying experiences. It's just a different level and one we don't find often no and i think when you think about like pricing of it too like you buy your ticket and would you have like i would probably have the hundred dollar drink i'd be there with my four friends yeah we would each experience it but i'm only gonna probably do that a couple of times a year right yeah 
And that is, you're right. And that's the thing is like, it's not like they're, and they're not set up with the tickets and the, it is a three hour experience. Yeah. They're sort of asking you, and it's, I don't know if it's three hours, I shouldn't say that, but it is a long, you're committing to something. It's almost like going like to an opera. Yeah. yeah it, it totally is. And like so it's that. like you would do that and you want to experience it and it brings enlightenment to you. It's just that we're not used to having that in the restaurant form. We're no, used to we're that. We're used in, to music, in music. Art. Exactly. Like a concert. Even if you think about it, a football game. Cause yep. I know a lot of people have, just to give you those ex- ideas of like, that's an expensive ticket. You can't sit in a football game and that's a full day's experience, but you couldn't do that every single night. Right, you right. would lose its specialness. So you have that. And I think that that's what we're talking about. You know, what's interesting about them too. Like a girlfriend of mine is she's obsessed with the Cubano pizza at um, pig. pig that she mm. heard you talk about. And I am also obsessed. With okay. It. Cause she's been there like five times since, and she doesn't really even eat gluten. Oh my God. Except for this thing that she's obsessed with. <laughs> and they're always sending me pictures of them at the bar and they have their new favorite bartender. And the thing about what she talks about when she goes there, she talks about the pizza, but she really is always talking to me about like the experience and mm-hmm. the people they met and yeah. the, it, it's very much more than just a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that you feel like that at all the places. No. No, and I, so that's, it is special, and I, and I hope, you know, one of the things that they are, they're not out trying to get big, shiny awards all the time, you know what I mean? They're there to create, and they find this joy of creation, although, and, and they love feeding people, and that's the other thing, like, they really, this new space is really you inviting them into, like, a home, and they're like, you know, when you come in, you hang your coat up, and then you may go have a drink, and then you, and then eventually you sit down for dinner. This will all be a part of the experience. Yeah, that's cool. But the thing that I want to say is that I do want them to have the national attention that they deserve. I mean, like, and that's, you know, something where I can appreciate them and I want the New York Times to be out here and I want, you know, Gourmet Mag or Bon Appetit Magazine. Then they're going to come out here, though, and you're going to be like, <sighs> look at We've this. known that We've been here whatever. the whole time. Useless. This useless. is useless. So useless. <laughs> useless is I think that's the moral of the story I think it of is. this particular show. <laughs> it's, and how about it's okay if they're... Yes, it's okay to provide useless content sometimes. <sighs> it's true. We all do. Um, yes. We have to, because if we didn't provide some uselessness, we wouldn't know what was useful. Right, exactly. You have it's to all... have the yin and the yang it in is. the year of the rat. It is the year of the rat. Um, I kind of want to let you guys know, obviously, Winter Carnival, we have to celebrate the fact that the Winter Carnival has launched. It is now through February second or whatever and uh it's just on so there's you know today is the parade down in downtown st paul oh you know there's the vulcan snow ice carvings there's yeah, tons of great I'm stuff so at out play of the, the u.s pond hockey championships are this weekend as well so if you're thinking about that um there's a lot of great stuff actually happening this weekend Art too. shanty project on harriet totally an awesome thing sociable cider works has made a rink out of their parking lot. I love it. So go there and ice skate. It was kind of like that anyway, right? Because yeah. I mean, nobody how, shovels. God, seriously. Um, uh, this is the one that I'm very excited about that I, that I want to see more of, and I felt like it was going to happen this year, was the hot poker beer thing happening. Oh, that Shiner Bach when you go to... To Shell's and Oh, my it's Bach. the best. But so Northbound Smokehouse, which is a cute little brewery and smoke place, you know... Uh, Longfellow? Yeah. Is it Longfellow? Yeah. yeah. 
And they are doing, you know, they're releasing their Icebox beer today. And they are having a patio party. Which Perfect is super day fun. For a patio you get party. a super hot poker yeah. and they put it in the beer and it like caramelizes it. It's yeah. so good. Some of the sugars and everything else. You need more of a multi beer to make it beautiful, but you can do it. You can buy those pokers online. I'd buy your poker online. Your pokers. Polio pokers. Um, here's the other thing I want to make sure that you guys know about Burns Night. Have you ever? I know that this is this is a this is for my whiskey pals out there. But it is Robbie Burns Night tonight, and Burns Night at at uh, Merlin's Rest is something that is so awesome and so fun to do. And Robbie Burns is Robert Burns is a poet, a Scottish poet who's kind of like the national poet of Scotland and tonight is like a celebration you know when you see a Burns night thing it's all about drinking whiskey and reading poetry and it is amazing to do it among a cast of humans who also like whiskey and to watch them lovingly read Scottish words and you know which are hard to understand if you do it right and uh, it's just one of those things that like it's rare that we another thing like you should check off your bucket list in life I feel like you're so funny. I know. I love them. <laughs> I can see you going, loving it, love and it. having your love favorite it. tome yep. that you would read. Yep. Nope, it's wonderful. But yeah, I know that's not a common thing either. But again, you have to like... I'll be making Instant Pot <laughs> chicken tacos at a cabin with eight women who I think someone's bringing, you know, skip and go nakeds or some oh, other disgustingly sugary oh. shot. Okay. And I'm sure there'll be some Madonna and dancing to old CDs. That's also worthy. Yes. I it's mean, just a different kind of experience. It is good. We go from the artsy to the lowbrow. To the lowbrow. Um, if you're thinking you're not going to make dumplings at home like me, but you do want to go out and celebrate some of the uh, Year of the Rat parties, Bap and Chicken on Grand is doing a whole party tonight. I haven't been yet, but I hear it's great. I really like the Korean chicken. chicken. Yeah, yeah, the Korean chicken thing is really great. Twice fried, beautiful. Um, they're there. And then also Rainbow Chinese is doing happy hour specials. Oh, I love Rainbow I Chinese. I know, like I feel like just go love and Rainbow see Chinese. Tammy Wong and just... I took know. Ellie there like Did you really? a couple weeks ago and we just had the best meal. Um, if you want to go for a big gathering, there's a place called the University Food Hall. Have you heard this? No. In Dinkytown. Like, I might go drive by to see where it is. But I don't know if it's really a food hall or if it's just, like, you know, in one of, the, like, the big spaces. But they are having a mini market celebration on Sunday for Lunar New Year. And that's where you can, I mean, like, Magic Noodle's going to be there. Tokyo crepes. Taiwanese sausage. Like Sounds delicious. All the delicious Asian foods will be in that space. I love a good I have a link on the, on the feed if you need it. All right. That. Well, I am so glad to be back. So and have spent time with you. Gotten my fill of my food and my weekly dish. I'm going to be back this week with Jason all oh, week. Tune in, people. Yeah, Jason, and Dawn, and Kenny. Tweet Stephanie Hansen, not Stephanie March, with your comments. Stephanie's dish. <laughs> we'll be back.